Hey y'all, this is Sherry Witt, and you're listening to Unashamed. Unashamed is our weekly podcast where we discuss everyday topics from a biblical perspective, as well as having special guests on to give their testimonies on how the Lord has worked in their lives. Our earnest prayer is that God will be lifted up, and this podcast can be used to further His kingdom. Now, on with the show, y'all. For the cause of Christ, I'll This week's podcast is sponsored by Hilton Photography. Vanessa Hilton has over 25 years experience as a professional photographer. She's located in Germantown, Ohio. You can find her on Facebook at Hilton Photography, or you can call her at 513-218-9393, or email her at psalm1849 at hotmail.com. Hey y'all, welcome to today's show. So happy that you guys could join us. Uh, I'm running solo this week, so it's just going to be me talking, but next week we're going to have some special guests coming on to chat with us, and we're going to be sharing some more testimonies, so I'm excited for that. But I do want to give you a update. I want to start off by giving you kind of a podcast update. The Lord has been so wonderful. I mean, he always is, and but he's just, this podcast has just blossomed, and it's just been a wonderful experience so far to hear these testimonies and meet new people. And it's always in the Lord's timing and his timing is always perfect. And I'm not the most patient person in the world. And so for the last two years, we've been praying for something like this, that the Lord would open a door to a new ministry for us. And it wasn't until this past summer that we felt like the Lord was giving us a green light to go ahead. And so it had really been in his timing and I praise the Lord for that. But let me just tell you a little bit. We have had kind of a busy weekend. We've been kind of trying to promote the podcast, so to speak. All all last week, I've been emailing churches, emailing pastors, sending them the link to the podcast so they could go listen to it. They could share it with their church because word of mouth is the best advertising. We really want this podcast to be out there. We want people to listen to it, not for our glory, not so we can be famous nothing like that. So God can be lifted up. That's the purpose. So God can be lifted up. The podcast can be used to strengthen the faith of our brothers and sisters in Christ. It can be used to, um, encourage and be used to bring light to a dark world. And, and we're just really excited about that. Um, but so I've been trying to email churches, but last couple weeks ago, we were able to go and get meet a new uh, couple, Pastor Steve Thornhill and his wife, Missy. Pastor Thornhill is the pastor of South Dayton Baptist Church. And so we were able to sit down with them, had never met them, but we were able to sit down with them and get their testimony. And they're just such a wonderful couple. And you can really tell if you, if you've ever sat down with a real faithful brother and sister in Christ, you, you, there's just such a spirit and you just click. And so I really felt like, like we clicked with them because they, the love of Christ shown, showed through them so brightly and they gave such a sweet testimony. It was just a wonderful testimony of what the Lord has saved them from, what he's brought them through and how he's changed their lives. And so if you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage you to go and listen to that specific episode. I think it's week five. If you don't know already, you can actually go to our Facebook page at Romans 116 KJV 
click on the podcast link and it'll take you right over to our podcast and you can listen to Pastor Thornhill and his wife Missy's testimony, but you can listen to every episode that we've done so far. So I encourage you to do that. Um, the other thing about the podcast and it's, it, this verse popped into my head as I was thinking about what am I going to talk about this week? Um, but it's Isaiah 55 11 and it says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the, in the, in the thing where to I sent it. And that really touched me because this podcast when I say the Lord has went above and beyond and he always does and I shouldn't be in awe of the things that he does and yet every day I am. Y'all, he has just blessed this podcast, blessed this ministry in such a short time. Not only do we have this willingness from people that we've never even met that want to share their testimony in hopes that it will help someone, in hopes that it will plant those seeds, um, in hopes that it will strengthen the, the, their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but the Lord has sent it out, um, and let it be broadcast to numerous places. Our new bro- our new podcast host, when you go into our account, you can actually, they give, uh, specific statistics, uh, how many downloads there are, when the peak time, when people were downloading, what they were downloading from, whether it be from an Android, a smartphone, a generic smartphone, or an iPhone, and specifically where they were where they were downloading it from. And so when I was checking it out, okay, you know, Ohio in our area, that's where we live. Okay, that was expected. But then like but then the Lord has allowed it to be shared to North Carolina, California, Florida, Oregon, which in and amongst itself in and amongst itself is mind-blowing, but then I saw that it had been shared. Someone had downloaded it from Ireland. Y'all, the Lord had allowed this, this podcast, this little small ministry to be spread over the sea, over the ocean to Ireland. And don't ask me how this is possible, but it has also been downloaded in a city in China. I don't know how, I don't know who, but for God's glory, and if it's reaching those people, and if one person, we this has been our, our mantra, so to speak, our saying, if just one person hears the testimonies and hears this podcast and they make, and it plants that seed and it makes them choose Christ, or it makes them come back to the church, come back to Christ, then it's all worth it because that's what it's all about. It's all about lifting Christ up, lifting God up. And we hope that that's what we've been doing. I'm so excited about that. The Lord has just, like I said, just really, really blessed. That being said, I don't know if y'all have seen this. I heard about some rumors and I was like, I definitely want to check this out. Because, you know, when you read stuff, you can't believe half of what you read these days. But I was reading about, or I had heard rumors about Kanye West proclaiming that he had been saved. And I definitely want to check this out. I don't know if you know who Kanye West is. He is a hip hop artist, very famous celebrity. I don't know much about his music because I don't listen to that type of music, hip hop, but he's married to Kim Kardashian. And, uh, 
I really wanted to find out if this was true. So I went to YouTube because apparently what he's doing is he is hosting what they call Sunday services and they have a choir, they have music, and then they have a message. And in amongst this, he, I have read again that he has stated that he will no longer be be uh, making hip-hop music with the explicit language and all that and I want to find out you know is this true or is this someone just making up a rumor so I actually actually went to YouTube and found a video and I watched it and as I was watching it the verse that come to my mind in the back of my mind this is before I saw Kanye West actually speak this is at the very be what I was watching was um, a choir singing some praise and worship music and and all that and but the what was in the back of my mind this verse comes to the back of my mind and it's mark mark 10 25 it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of god and so that was my basis i wanted to find out if this was true so i kind of skipped over all the music because i wanted to hear it from his mouth you know i wanted to hear it and y'all it sent chills down my spine. I will not lie to you. He did not go into depth about his testimony and what the Lord had saved him from. He didn't go into detail. But he did He did proclaim that Jesus is Lord and he's the only one to heaven. And is that not the basis for salvation? You know, my favorite verse in the Bible is John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, and, and that there's only one way to heaven. And he proclaimed that. And so it, it really shivers down my spine. And, and even though that verse had popped up before I heard Kanye speaking, you know, the Lord, the Lord can save anyone. I mean, if we look back in our Bible to Paul, Paul was a murderer. I mean, he hated Christians. He hated them. He wanted to see them dead. And he, it, he was like that all the way up until he met the Lord on the road to Damascus and the Lord saved him. And he, he made such a turnaround and became, you know, such a great sold out man of God. And so if he can save him, I know he can save Kanye West. And so I had put on Facebook on my personal Facebook page about, has anyone else heard about this? Like, I'm excited. Has anyone else heard about, you know, Kanye West being saved? And someone had shared an article, and I don't remember all of all of that was written in the article, but the gist of it was, it's not our job to judge. If Kanye West or anybody else says that they've been saved by the blood of Christ, then that's between them and Christ. Just like our salvation is between us and Christ. No one is to judge it. And I'm not judging it. And it, it's funny not haha -ha funny, but it's just funny. A few years ago, I love Tom Cruise. He is like my favorite actor. And I always say, I love Tom Cruise. He's crazier and whatever, but I love him. He is into Scientology. And so I really, I don't know what movie I was watching, but after I got done watching the movie, I felt the Lord tell me, you need to pray for him. You know, pray for him th that I'll save him. And I thought, that, Why? Why? I mean, he's a celebrity. And it was when the Lord spoke to me and said, even celebrities need Christ. Even these famous people need Christ. And so, you know, I'm not going to question whether or not the Lord saved Kanye West. I believe he did. 
Again, that's between him and the Lord. You know, whatever it is, he'll answer for it. But I'm excited because he is proclaiming Christ. And so people are hearing. He's going around to, I guess, universities and doing these Sunday services. And so these college kids are hearing about Jesus Christ. And that right there is wonderful. But like anybody, he needs prayer. He's, he is now our brother in Christ and he needs prayer. Just like we need to pray for each other. We need to pray for him. He's a new Christian. And I mean, if you think back to when you were a new Christian and you're just learning about God, you stumbled and fell. You made mistakes and that's what's going to happen to him. He's going to stumble and fall and he's going to make mistakes, but we need to be there to help him up. We need to pray for him. I encourage you to do that. I just thought it was just a wonderful, a wonderful testimony to what the Lord can do. I mean, either way, he's proclaiming the Lord Jesus and that's all that matters. So I'm really excited about that. But I didn't know if you all had heard about that. He also has a new album that's supposed to be coming out that is a hip hop album, but I think it's called Jesus is King and it's going to be all, all songs about Christ with no explicit language. And so I'm excited to see when that drops. I might even, I might even check out myself just to hear what it says and, and hear the lyrics. I'm, I'm really excited to see, um, what happens, but I have, I have read a couple of other things, um, because he's had a heart change, so to speak. Uh, he's even tried to, he's changing, making those things like how he wants to dress, how he wants to be portrayed, how he wants his family to be portrayed. And so as a young Christian, I really do think that we not only need to pray for him, but we need to pray for his family, his wife, um, and pray the Lord can, can pierce her heart and, uh, speak to her and that they can be a couple for Christ. I pray that you, I encourage you to pray for them. I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about everything y'all. You know, the other day I was looking for my special Bible. Can I tell you about my special Bible? I call this my special Bible. Every Bible special, but this Bible is just so special to me. Um, it's been about, ooh, 15 years ago, maybe, maybe we'll go with that. Been about 15 years ago. And, uh, I, for my birthday, I had gotten this beautiful Bible from my sister and her family and it was beautiful. It was black and leather, you know, and you know, it was new, new, it was a new King James version Schofield Study Bible, you know, red letter edition. I loved it, you know, and just like any, if any new book, you know, you, you, you know, you want to flip through the pages and they're so crisp and you smell it, the new book smell. And I loved it. It was still in the box and it was so dear to me. The only issue with it was my sister did not write in the Bible who it was from and who it was to. So it was blank. I wanted her to write an inscription or something in it. So I took it to church. It was still in the box. Took it to church one night. My sister has the gift of gab. It's a wonderful gift for her. It is. We tease her about it all the time. I, I tell her all the time, you know, you, you'd make a good cop because after you got done talking to them, they confess to anything. I mean, she just talks. And even though we make fun of her for it, 
the Lord really has given her a gift of gab. And she's actually going to be one of my guest hosts in the next couple weeks. But um, because she could stand in line at a Walmart and give her whole testimony to someone and actually lead them to the Lord in the line at Walmart. And they would be friends forever. I mean, we, we make fun of it, but it really is a God-given gift. And she uses a lot, let me tell you. But this particular night, I didn't get my Bible signed because she was busy talking to everybody and their brother at church. So I thought, well, I'll come back Sunday. This is a Wednesday night. <clears throat> I'll come back Sunday and, and have her sign it. So I leave. I go home. Well, the distance from my church at the time to my home was about 15 miles, give or take. I get home look through my car, can't find my Bible. Now I'm thinking, now I, I'm pretty sure I put that Bible in my car. So I go, go in for a little bit, think about it. I probably left it at church. Get back in the car, drive back to church, go in the church, open the door, go in the church, look for the Bible, look at my pew. No, it's not there. I'm like, did I leave it in the back where the Sunday school rooms are? Go back there. It's not in there. And then it dawned on me. I had put the box up on top of my car when I was talking to somebody after church and I drove off. So my Bible initially was on the top of my car and still in the box and I left. Y'all, I was heartbroken. I was sick. Not because it was a careless thing to do and my sister and her family spent, I mean it wasn't cheap, they spent money on it, but because it was God's word and I took such advantage of it. And I was so careless with his word and it was gone. And there was no indication that this was my Bible. It was still in the box. It had nothing written in it. I didn't have tracks or bookmarks or nothing in it. I didn't have it signed by any pastors. So it was basically a brand new Bible. And I was just sick about it. And I was sick like that for about a month. You know, I was really heartbroken by it. Until I felt like the Lord, one night I was telling him, you know, Lord, I'm so sorry that this happened. And I remember the Lord telling me, not in, not in an audible voice, but speaking to me, how many other Bibles do you have? And I thought about that. And I thought back, because, you know, I started going to church when I was about five, and my mom and dad had started going to church. And probably when I was probably seven or eight, we quit church. And I was still young, so I don't really know the reason why. I know now that it was Satan that got us out of church. But the excuse my dad gave was Sundays were his day off and he wanted it to be family time. So for someone who wasn't going to church, then went to church for a short time, then wasn't going to church, it didn't really... I wasn't rooted enough in God's word to know any better. But every about every year or every other year for Christmas, my mom and dad bought me a Bible. Now, like I said, I wasn't in church. They weren't in church. I would go occasionally go to church with my sister if I spent the night with her. But I really didn't go to church. But it never ceased every couple years I would get a new Bible and, and I still have them here at home. I have my first like children's Bible my that my mom and dad got me. I have my first Bible that I wrote in when I got saved August of 1989 at Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp. 
Um, I have another Bible that my mom and dad got me and, uh, this, and uh, so I, I, I was kind of floored, like, well, I have plenty of Bibles. I really do. And I felt like the Lord was asking me to pray that if someone were to pick that Bible up, that, that they would, that they would open that Bible and the Lord would speak to them through that Bible. And so I said, all right, Will, or all right, Will, sorry, Lord. All right, Lord, I'll do it. And so that's what I prayed. And that happened for about six months. I finally said, Lord, I'm just going to give it all to you. And so about six months down the road, our church was having a dinner, some kind of fellowship dinner. And my pastor came in and he said, did anybody lose a Bible? And at first, my first reaction was, I am really, I'm really aggravated at him. I've been telling y'all about my Bible been missing for six months and not one person has come to me and said you had a Bible in it and you've had it the whole time. Like I was, that was my initial reaction. And I went up to him, I said, pastor, I lost a Bible and he gave it back to me still in the box. And I said, has this been in your office the whole time? And he said, no, no, no. He said there, now listen y'all, this is why it makes it special. He said there was a truck driver. He found it on the side of the highway. He picked it up. He drove to Florida, opened the Bible, looking for, uh, to see, you know, if it had a name in it, knew that I preached out of the King James version of the Bible. And when he come back through our area, he come up to the house and he gave me the Bible. Y'all, that Bible was my Bible. It had went all the way to Florida. This trucker had opened the Bible, had read it and knew enough to know that it was King James Version knew that our pastor preached King James Version and gave it back to him. I call it my special Bible. I really do. And I don't let a lot of people touch it. I, I say it's extremely special to me because the Lord gave it back to me after I gave him that burden that was on me, that the Lord allowed it to be shared with someone and then gave it back to me. And so I don't let many people have it. But I was looking for it the other night and I guess I'm still in the situation because I can't find it. So I'm praying that it's around here somewhere. But I say all this to say this. I said all that to say this. How many Bibles do we have in our house? How many Bibles do you have? I am in the office right now. And I can probably tell you that we have, that Billy alone probably has, I'd say three or four. And I probably have three or four. So we probably have seven, six or seven Bibles, probably even more. And yet... Are we in our Bible like we should be? That's the thing that hit me when, when the Lord first talked to me about my special Bible a number of years ago. Am I in the Bible like I should be? And the answer was no. And the answer is still no. Because, you know, there are times that I spend studying the Bible and then there's times because Satan does something to get me out of the way for, from it or life gets in the way or the kids are crying wanting to go to bed or I have sick kids or I'm trying you know excuse after excuse after excuse can be used on why I'm not in God's Bible and it's something I'm going to answer for when I get to heaven why I was not reading the Bible why I put NCIS which is my favorite TV show by the way why I put NCIS ahead of the Bible something I'm going to have to to answer for and so I pray that the God that God continues to put a hunger for the Bible in my soul. But we take a, we take the Bible for advantage. 
We really do. I mean, how many of us go to church on a Sunday, open the Bible, listen to the message, come home, lay it on the table, and it sits there collecting dust until next Sunday? We're all guilty of that. And if you say you're not, you're lying because we are all guilty of that. It's hard. We have an enemy. We are fighting against Satan who does not want us to grow in Christ. We're fighting against the flesh because we want to do other things. And we're fighting against the world because the world offers those temptations. So we're constantly battling those three things to get into God's word. And so we do take it for advantage. And I thought about that this week because next Sunday, November the 3rd, is International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And this is, these are countries, these are people, these are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that we may never meet face to face on earth, but we'll meet again, we'll meet one day in heaven. These are fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that are being persecuted for their faith. And I'm not talking about, you know, getting mocked, maybe getting their hours cut. I'm talking about getting beat, losing their life, losing their kids, losing their job, losing their home, losing their church. That's what I'm talking about. Something that we can never fathom. We live in the greatest state, in the our greatest country in the world. You can try changing my mind, but you're not going to. And we have a lot of problems. I'm not, I'm not going to beat around the bush. We got a lot of problems going on in our country. But compared to other countries, I still say we're the greatest country on the earth. We have that freedom to worship Christ unashamed, unapologetically. We have that freedom to carry a Bible openly and preach openly on the street. We have that freedom to go door to door and tell others about Christ. We have that freedom to have a Bible study in our home. We have that freedom to go into church without, without a repercussion or consequences of them coming to take our kids or coming to take our home or coming to take us to jail. We have that freedom and we don't take advantage of it like we should. And then we have these people in these other countries, these persecuted countries that have such a hunger a hunger for Christ that we can never fathom that they're willing to put their life, their very life, the life of their family, their livelihood in their jobs, their home, everything on the line just to hear about Christ. That makes me feel, un that makes me feel shamed. That makes me feel very shameful. These Brothers and sisters in Christ need our prayers desperately. They need all the help that we can give them, however we can help them. And one of those ways is by prayer and knowledge. And so this Sunday, uh, November 3rd, is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And I want to tell you about two organizations that are near and dear. Um, one is called Voice of Martyrs. And you can find them online at persecution.com. Uh, but it is it was founded by Richard Wormbrand. He was a pastor in Romania when it was under communist rule. And in 1967, I believe, he was thrown into prison for his faith. And he spent the next 14 years in prison. Now think about that. He's, this isn't just... When we think of jail now, you know, a lot of people... And I'm not talking about people that have been in jail, but us, I've never been to jail. 
But when we hear what the media talks about jail, it's a club med, you know, they get this, they get three meals a day, they, you know, they get all this stuff. And I'm sure it's an awful place. It is an awful place. I'm not going to beat around the bush about that. But this, the prisons here are not like the prisons over there, especially when they were under communist rule. This is like hard labor, you know, awful prison and that they had no rights, you know, and he spent 14 of his years locked up because he took a stand for Christ. That's all he did. He didn't go out and rob a gun uh, liquor store. He didn't go beat somebody up. He didn't commit murder. He didn't carry drugs. All he did was make a stance for Christ and he was thrown into jail and he was there for 14 years before he was released. And so Voice of Martyrs was founded by him it's a great website. You can actually go there. You can actually go there and you can right now get free resources for your church. It includes a DVD, uh, bulletin inserts and some other stuff, but you can actually go get it for free. And when November 3rd comes around, you can actually have these inserts put in your bulletins for church. You can show the DVD at your church because that's what ne that's what's needed. We have the mainstream media. They don't report about these things. I, I'm not going to talk about fake news or anything. I'm just saying that this is not a big, a hot button issue. I don't know why it's not. I guess because it's Christ that will, would be glorified. And they don't like that. But it's not something that you hear about. You don't hear about the torture and the lives lost because of the, their faith in Christ. You don't hear that. And so it's something that, you know, as a church, especially a church here in this, in the United States, that we need to be an encouragement to our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in these countries. We need to be praying for them. We need to do everything that we can, we can do to help them with that, with that stand beside them, stand strong for them give them strength, pray for them. We need to do that. It's very important because we don't see that. And so, you know, again, just like I was talking about the podcast, it's word of mouth. And that's how it is for the persecuted church. It's word of mouth. You show this DVD to your church. You can look it up. You can go to persecution.com right now. You can download it free, absolutely free. And you can watch the DVD right now and decide if you want to show that to your church. And make your church aware of what's going on. We have missionaries that from the from here in the United States that are going to some of these countries that are that are going here going there and under the under the guise of being a student or being a business person when they're really trying to spread the gospel because it's so against law and it's so dangerous and they need our prayers. And maybe it's because I love hearing about missionaries so much that it's not just enough to have that one missionary come in and give his presentation and never hear from him again. It's not enough to send money to support them. I'm not saying that's wrong. Yes, we need to support them. But I'm saying that we need to have an active role in praying for them, seeing what their needs are, meeting those needs. Just like we do for the 
uh, ourselves, our, our family in Christ that's here. We need to do that for those persecuted uh, churches there, those underground churches, and for our missionaries. Because these people have such a hunger for the Lord and for his word. These are people that have never seen a Bible in one piece. Now, here I am talking about us personally having seven Bibles and we're talking about villages of, you know, hundred of people, 200 people never have seen a full Bible. A couple years ago, I actually got the resources for International Day of Prayer for our church. It's been a number of years ago. And one of the things that they had put in the package was this little cardboard sign kind of thing. And on the sign was a little one-ply, I guess you could say, sheet of toilet paper. And what it was, was they were explaining that these the people would actually use that sheet of toilet paper and they that's that's what they would write their bible and they would get a village would get a bible they would split it up and then they would each take turn or each take a part in memorizing that bible and then they would write down because if they got caught with the bible that was a big no-no because that's illegal to own a bible and so they would that's how they would share the gospel now think about that you know the bible says hide thy word in my heart and that's exactly what they're doing. They are memorizing the Bible and, and spreading that around the village and around their community because they have such a hunger for it. A few years ago, well, I don't know how long it's been, but uh, some dear friends of ours that are missionaries to the Philippines, Brother Agile and Miss Pam, uh, they have Carpenter's House Baptist Church in the Philippines. And they have, actually have Facebook, so you can look that up. They they have just started putting their uh, their sermons. They've been going on Facebook Live and, and doing sermons. But the hunger that I've seen just, I mean, just for th that church alone, because they would have, they would have on a Sunday, on a given Sunday, they might have 2,000 people and, you know, 500 people might come to the Lord. I mean, there's just such a hunger for, for God's word. And so I encourage you to go to the Voice of Martyrs website. You can actually get, like I said, the free resources for your church for International Day of Prayer. And also, if you want to learn more about the persecuted church, they actually have a magazine that's a free subscription. They send it to you every month, and it has stories in there about specific people uh, that are going through persecution. It talks about ways that you can help and, and people that you can pray for, specific families that you can pray for, and news out of these countries that uh, make it illegal for you to serve Christ. And also, I believe on there, you, uh, Richard Wormbrand, Pastor Wormbrand, actually wrote a book called Tortured for Christ. It's an excellent book. And you can actually go there and get a free copy of the book. And I would encourage you to do that if you like to read books. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. So that's the first um, organization. The second organization is called Open Doors USA. And you can find them at opendoorsusa.org. And uh, the man that founded that is called Brother Andrew. And he wrote a book called God's Smuggler. And y'all, this is my top five favorite books. It is such an awesome book. And if you have not read it, I guarantee you when you do, you will be blown away on just how the Lord has, has worked in his life and what the Lord has done. 
um, in so many ways. Uh, so it's called God Smuggler. But when you go to their website, you can actually check out, they have a called a world, the world's watch list. And it gives, it gives all the countries from high persecution to, uh, I think like medium to light persecution of all these countries that are where it's illegal to have a Bible and illegal to worship Christ. And, and, you know, just number one is North Korea. No surprise there. Um, but I would encourage you to actually go to that website as well and and try to find what you can about both of these organizations uh, to tell your churches about the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Um, I know it's just a one day a year prayer, but it's something that should be on our, on our daily prayer list at church, on our weekly prayer list at church, that we need to pray for these brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, in the, in, in the world, last count, 52 countries have banned the Bible. That means it is illegal to own a Bible, which means if I lived in that country, I would be put in jail because I own this. I own a Bible. Bill owns a Bible. You own Bibles. You would be put in a jail. And these are not, you know, uh, nice jails, so to speak. These are, they, they, their job in these countries are to squelch, to smash out, to get rid of any utterance of Christ, of God, of his word. So I want to encourage you this week to not only be in your Bible, but look at how many Bibles you have. And when you look at those Bibles, I want you to remember that if you were in one of these countries, you would already be in jail. You would have lost your job, might have lost your life, lost your kids. Your kids would have been taken away from you. All these things would have happened to you just because you owned a Bible, just because you told somebody about Christ, just because you prayed at lunch in Jesus name out loud that you would be persecuted for that. I want you to think about that this week. As you go along your week, and I want you to to pray when that happens. I want you to pray for these brothers and sisters in Christ, that the Lord would strengthen them, that they would reach, that God's word would, re would reach even more for Christ. I want you to pray for them, but I want you to use that as a lesson for us, that it is time for us, for us to be unashamed and to stand boldly and proudly proclaiming Christ's name because we're not being persecuted like they are but that could that could certainly change with with the tide turning against Christianity that could change I don't want to wait for it to change before we stand proclaiming Christ we need to do it now and so this week I hope that you can do that I hope you can stand you can pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ, they're being persecuted. I pray that you can, that their strength can encourage you like it's encouraged me. And I would encourage you also to go to these two websites and get that information to show your church, to make sure that it's at the forefront of their minds, that they never forget what Christ has done for them and what Christ is doing for others. And that we need to stand up for that. So that's the end of the show, y'all.
going to be back next week with a special guest and some more testimonies. But until then, I pray for you. And I hope that you pray for us in the ministry. And you guys have a wonderful week. God bless. See you next week. Thanks for listening this week to our podcast, Unashamed. We hope you enjoyed it. The song Unashamed is by Brian Free and Assurance from their album, Unashamed. You can find more information about Brian Free and Assurance, a wonderful Southern gospel group, at their website, brianfreeandassurance.com. See you next week, y'all. Yeah.